Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. My name is Josh Turner. I'm your host. Uh, people call me Wolf, and uh, my website is prtpodcast.com, uh, and my email is Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com. We have a, a mailing address, too, which is 6001 West Palmer Lane, Suite 370, PMB 131, Austin, Texas, 78727. Palmer, spelled P-A-R-M-E-R. Okay, and that's Palmer Lane. Uh, for people who want to send us mail, which seems to be uh, something people like to do. So we got a P.O. box for that. So if you want to send us anything in the mail, that's where you send it. Also, I'm uh, joined by my uh, part-time co-host tonight. Anthony, good evening, everyone. And that's Anthony, not Tony. Tony is Mushu. Anthony is yeah. a completely different individual. <laughs> they're always calling him Tony and thinking that they're the same person. They're not. Two different people. Might as well. But, uh, well, they're both ugly. That's that's the, the thing they have in common. Okay, but I'm less ugly. Uh, less debatable. But, uh, <laughs> so anyways, we're, the show we have tonight, uh, we're going to have a couple people come on. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the groups. We have Paranormal Roundtable, Paranormal Encounters, Paranormal Lounge. Uh, those are all different people. Tony has Paranormal Encounters. Nelly has Paranormal Lounge. Uh, Paranormal Roundtable is pretty much everybody's. And now I have my own group. It's a Josh Turner fan page that was created by some fans and uh, Phil Stern in Germany. I appreciate you doing that. And a lot of people still think that it's Josh Turner, the country singer. So I get people telling me all the time they love my music and I have no idea uh, that they could hear me singing in the shower. But uh, I appreciate that. Um, amazing what they can do with the spyware nowadays. So th that being said, we have all these different groups. We want you to join. Okay, uh, Whisper to a Scream, Ryan Tremblay, he's affiliated with us. He has a, as a group, and he does a podcast, uh, and and I've been on his – I've done some episodes for him with his show. He's He works with us. He does a lot of research for us. Um, don't forget, every month we have an art contest. It's the Willie Williams Art Contest. It's named after my friend Willie Williams, who passed away last May of uh, brain cancer, um, and he was an artist. And so we uh, – we have that going, and then we also have uh, what else do we need to talk about? Uh, let's see. We've got the email, website, groups, the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash PRT podcast if you want to become a patron. There's mm -hmm. three different, there's a, I believe, a two, a three, five, and ten dollars here. So, yeah, it helps support the show and keep, keep us going. Um, so that we don't have to actually uh, dump our own money into this, and we can actually afford to take time off from work. We have we have a company, and we and we we're very busy, so we have to take time off to you know do do the show. And uh, as always, uh, we welcome anyone that uh, wants to give us their stories. Uh, you can get get a hold of me through Facebook uh, Messenger, or you can send it to through my email. If you're going to send me a friend request, please let me know that you're a fan of the show because otherwise it's just your friend request is going to sit there and eventually I'm just going to kick it out. So, um, I have no, I, I can't, I have no room for, 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 if you're not a fan of the show and you just want to promote something of yours and this and that, that's all good, but I just don't have room for it. I don't have time for it. And, uh, I try to keep my friends list tight. And, uh, so I, I keep it to people that I know in my, uh, day to day life. And then, and to those that I know, um, from the show that are that are fans, I, I don't have time for for much else, and so 
it's nothing personal, you know, and all these, these people that I had kicked off my Facebook and they asked me why. And I was just like, I really don't, I, I don't know that I don't know you and you're, you, you don't participate in the show or the groups or anything. And I just don't have time, um, to, to, to make new friends. It's nothing personal. And I, I promise you that's not, it's nothing personal. Um, I just don't have time for it. And also I would like everyone to, uh, remember that we always give away uh, a autographed book every episode. It could be from a number of authors, from Linda Godfrey to Ken Gerhard. And we uh, send that off and we give you some swag, PRT swag. If you're from out of state, from out of Texas, we'll give you some uh, Texas swag because uh, we live in a very cool state, and uh, at least I think we do. And uh, so we, we, we do that every week. And so what you'll do is you'll send your comment for the show, you'll put it in the, uh, when we post it in the Paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook, okay, we'll drop the official link. You can post your comment on the show for this particular show and any other particular show, and we'll pick at random, and I don't actually do the picking, but my people will pick at random someone's comment, and they will be the winner, and they will receive a book in the mail. So, that being said, is that all? Is that everything? We got everything out of the way? Yep, that's everything. That's good. Uh, it's the prelims. We got to get all that stuff said and done. And I want to introduce my two guests. Uh, the first guest I'm going to introduce is Carla, and the second guest is Lisa. And they're going to interview together. They are sisters. Y'all want to say hello? Hello, hello everyone. Carla and Lisa, you're 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 both originally Washingtonians, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you say it, Washingtonians or Washingtonians? Washington, Washingtonians. So you guys are from Washington, but now Lisa lives in, you live in St. Louis, right? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri now, yes. Yeah, and Carla still lives up there in, in, in the beautiful state of Washington. Yes, I do. Yeah, very, very beautiful place. And and uh, so I, I have to ask, the first question I have to ask, Carla, you you were the older sister? And, yes. Yes, Okay. Um, and it's, and it's, it's a weird situation. Like you guys, uh, do y'all want to explain one of y'all want to explain y'all's situation? Like how you, as far as like, how, you know, like, excuse me, um, Lisa can do it. She's the one who found me. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, when I was born, um, my, our, our dad, we share the same dad. Our dad was in a hunting accident and, um, my mother ended up giving me up for adoption, and um, so all my life I have wondered, you know, about my family. And when I was 32 years old, no, not 32, when I was 23 years old, I um, did a search and I found my birth family. Um, I found my sister Carla and several other siblings that I have. Um Several what other siblings. Like, how many other siblings? Well, it's me and Carla have the same dad. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, I have um, a brother, Denver, and a brother, Scott, from my mom's side. And then I have my adopted brother, Rick, um, through adoption. So you have a pretty, you have a pretty uh, a rich uh, a family tree, <laughs> it sounds like. Uh, you have a lot of uh, uh, siblings. Um, yeah. I yeah. And they're half and, and whatever. So that's kind of like my situation in a way. I got like my, my brother, my half brother, and then I got 
my sister, and then I got my first cousin who I consider my sister because she grew up with us. And so and I just, she just is my sister to me. Um, so it's kind of weird, but, uh, yeah. So you guys, you, you, you met each other and how old were you, Lisa, when you met up with Carla? 23. 23. And okay. And so, so y'all, you guys, you, you had lived a, a good part of your life by the time you had met her. All right. And how far off did y'all live from one another? Um, she lived in Forks, Washington. No, actually, I think she was in Port Angeles. Were you you were in Port Angeles at the time, weren't you? Yeah, halfway yeah. between Flint and Port Angeles, actually. How far away did y'all live yeah. from each other? Um, it's about 150 miles. Yeah, that's not very far, really, to to be related and not know each other. All right. And that's crazy. And now that you guys and 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 so. I guess what's interesting about it is you guys grew up separately, okay, for 23 years. And right. but you guys have both had paranormal experiences. Now, Carla, you, I mean, uh, you, uh, Lisa, had experiences since, since you were a child. Right. And, and then, Carla, yours began later on, which is very interesting about yours. You want to start? Uh, I'll start with you, Lisa, because yours were when you were younger. We can, we can, you want to talk about what happened to you as a, as a child? Because it, it, it leads into everything else. Well, it's, it started out when I was a child. I used to have this fascination with this name, Sherry, mm -hmm. and I always spelled it S-H-A-R-R-A-I, which is a really weird spelling. Um, I had a cow that I named that, that I named that, and I also had a cat that I had named that Sherry. Um, when I grew up and I found my birth family, I found out that that was my mother's name and that's how her name was spelled. So that's how I really, really started figuring out, um, my abilities. I mean, I've always had abilities, but I never really was conscious of them. Um, I, uh, oh gosh. So, so, so like, um, you, so I'll, I'll help you out here. What you're trying to say is you've always had a, a you're empathic. You've always been, uh -huh. yes. And, and that's what it sounds like. You're empathic and you've always had a sort of a, what would you call it? Um, clairvoyance. I'm also clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you've always had these abilities and but you didn't really you didn't know what they were and you didn't know that you you didn't know you had them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know I had them. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I I always had this this um this vision in my head, and um I saw a lady laying in a bed with dark hair, and th this is my very first memory. Okay. And anyhow, this lady was laying in this bed, and she had dark hair, and she had a child in her arms, and she was handing that child over to another woman who had lighter colored hair. It was a caramel color hair, and um, come to find out that lady in the bed was my mother. I was the child, and... The lady receiving the child 
was Carla's mom. And so... Should I explain that a yeah. little? Yeah, please. Well, my mother was over to see someone who had Lisa, I think before she was adopted. And uh, the lady said, do you want to see Marvin's daughter, which is Lisa? She goes, sure, I want to see her. So that's how that came about. Oh, wow. And and so you guys had, and like you said, you have the same dad. Yes. Yeah, same dad. And you guys met, and you, okay, and, and, what, and what year, what year was it that you guys met? Gosh, see, um, you're making us do math here. Yeah, because see, <laughs> it, 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 it's uh, super important, and if you don't know that date, then the interview's going to end right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding, ladies. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I'm just messing with you. I would say about <laughs> 1988 or 1989. Well, don't just start making up stuff, all right? Let's just, you know, just, just <laughs> stop with the lies, um, Lisa. Jeez. Okay, you don't have to just no. throw numbers out there. I think it was during the year of Perestroika. I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. I was 23. 23, okay. okay. I, was born, I was born in 1965, so, so you, I was you were, 23 you were, years old. You were hanging out, listening to Cindy Lauper and 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 uh, George Michael oh, and no. having a good time. No, 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 no. Van George, Halen. George Strait. Oh, okay. Van Halen. Halen. Well, all right. You're you're a little little hard, you know, hardcore. Molly Crew. You <laughs> Motley know. Crue. You know what? Motley Crew out on Netflix. They have that. I wish it was longer. I wish it would have been longer because it, it was only about an hour and forty minutes. And I thought no way they could do justice in an hour and forty minutes. But it's all about. Motley Crue, and it's called the uh, The Dirt. It's a pretty good film. I watched it with my wife the other night on Netflix, and I was I was one of my only friends that was not a big Motley Crue fan. Like I liked uh, one song. I think it's uh, a Gone Away. I think or whatever, it's Home Sweet Home or something like that. That's the only home one. Home Sweet Home. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, Actually, I, I went to, I went to their um, I went to their farewell farewell tour. tour. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, me and a friend, we ended up getting um, Tommy's drumsticks. Oh my so god! So I, I have I have one of Tommy's drumsticks, Tommy and then yeah, I gave it um, I gave it to my daughter Cheyenne. Man, those guys partied like like hardcore. It was crazy because like I saw Vince Neil uh, on uh, Celebrity Ghost Stories. And it was a very touching uh, episode where he talked about his daughter, and it actually made me tear up. I was like, oh, my gosh. But that was one of the things that was instrumental in bringing them back together was, like, right after that happened, they kind of rallied around him and said, okay, we're going to bring – we want this guy back as our lead singer, and then blah, 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 blah. And it's just – it was it's really sad um, what happened to his daughter, you know, to lose a child like that. But So going forward – all right, so – you you had these experiences as a child. Anything else uh-huh. you want to talk about as when you were a kid? Paranormal? Um, uh, well, a lot of the activity, um, I didn't, not not as a teenager so much, but when I, um, when I was an adult is when it really started happening hard for me. Um, I had, uh, I was living in a house, and um, I had I had awoke one one morning, and I was getting ready to go to work, and uh, I had looked in the mirror, and I had I had a bite mark on my arm, and 
So I called my daughter in and I said, what does this look like? Hold you on, know? hold on. You said um, you had a bite mark. Like a, it was like a, it was a, it was a human or spider or what, what, what? It was, it was a human bite mark on my arm. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So let me back up here. How old were you? Um, oh gosh. In your twenties, thirties, I mean, like, how, were you in, I mean, you, you had a daughter already. I, how? It was, um, actually I can tell you the date cause I have it written down. I kept, I kept a log of, um, some of the things that happened. And this was this in a particular time. house? Yes. Okay. Um, it was in my, it was in my house, um, in Tenino, Washington. Okay. Tenino. It okay, happened. Yeah. Yeah, it happened October twenty third, two thousand nine. Is the day that I got bit. And okay, now so for, and so this is south of Seattle. If I from is it south uh, west southwest right. of Seattle? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I've been up there. We were talking about that. And I've been to, been up to Washington a few like well several times. But uh, right. Okay. So so you were living in a house, and you you, you your daughter. How old was your daughter? Um. Let's see. That was Was she like a teenager? Was she a child or she was a teenager. Okay, she was a teenager. Okay, so you had it you it was just you and her? Um, I have two daughters. Two daughters, and that one's older, younger? Um, this was the younger one. Okay, so you had two teenage daughters. Or you had one that uh -huh. was a, a teenager and one was about to be a teenager or something like that? Um the one um had just become a teenager and the other one is seven years older than. Okay. The reason I'm asking that is because a lot of times when there's activity, uh, poltergeist activity in particular, teenage female teenagers, but it can be teenage males too, but typically teenage females, it's, it's, and there's a lot of theories behind it. They, they say it could be something that's like they have kinetic ability. They have, or they put off a type of energy that attracts a demonic spirit, you know, um, but there's all kinds of theories about it and why it is that way. But uh, there, there, when there's activity that's that powerful that it can bite you, um, it, it's interesting that you had two young girls there because that a lot of times that that is that is. I have a friend who has two teenage girls. One's now out of the house and the other one still lives with her. But the, she had some some stuff go on and you know and she's seen spirits and all kinds of stuff in her house of course she found out later that one of the one of the kids was playing with a Ouija board on a regular basis but um it, it didn't surprise me that her kids had a lot of uh emotional issues and things like that and and so you know she was telling us about it and I was going like well that's kind of par for the course but so you you had your 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 kid your children as far as you know though they weren't like playing with any Ouija boards or doing anything like that. No, no, no. And it, you, um, you think it was based on the house? Um, I think it was based on the property. From what I was told, um, the property that I lived on was um, Native American land at one time. Um, my one of my daughters. Um, also has abilities like me. Um, the other one claims that she does not. Um, so I, I don't fight with her over that, but I know that, um, it runs, it runs in the family. <laughs>
Sounds like you don't believe her, though. You're like, yeah, you have abilities. Stop acting. Run through that wall. I already told you once. You just keep failing. Um, (laughs) I I think that she does, but I think that she's in heavy denial over it. And when you say abilities, Uh, you don't mean like she can go and start like a fire with her, you know, or or thoughts or anything like that. Nothing extreme. It's just clairvoyant. No, no. One of my daughters. Um, is is clairvoyant and um, she is an empath mm-hmm. and, and uh, she knows she is she knows she is okay and the other one is in denial and, and I've actually seen that one daughter levitate oh wow and and and, and what was she conscious when this happened or was she like asleep or she was conscious she was on her bed and she just levitated a little bit, was hovered for a second, and then went down. And I'll tell you something, those at home going like, uh-uh, I don't believe this happened. Let me tell you something, that is not an uncommon thing. I had an aunt who had a friend, and Anthony, you know this, uh, Rosa. She, you know, hurt one of her friends who was a, was a colandera, you know, and, and in Spanish, I mean, like a, like a, like a, how would you call that? Like a healer? And like a medicine woman, you know, and she, she would do that. And I, I personally witnessed, uh, someone detaching something from my brother's back and I watched him come up off the ground about two or three inches. And it was the weirdest thing ever. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I saw it, it with my own eyes and, and, and there were three other people in the room that saw it. Uh, uh, one of which I mentioned earlier is actually deceased now, but like it was me, him, my brother, and Scorpion, and another friend of our squid. We were all there when it happened. And this guy, uh, David, was a uh, he. It's weird. He was a Christian by religion, but ph- philosophically a Buddhist. It's weird because Buddhism is actually a, not really a religion. It's actually a philosophy, depending upon which type of Buddhism. And anyways, he considered himself a shaman or a monk, whatever, and he helped to detach something from my brother who used to be a Satanist. And uh, I saw him come up off of the ground. And uh, I was with four four other people that we all witnessed this. This was not some some BS, and it was pretty crazy when, when it happened. And then the door slammed, and it was like something had left. And uh, it was weird. And, and then... He started a new chapter in his life and gave his life over to Christ, and he hasn't looked back. So, yeah, it, it is something that does happen. So before people poo-poo and say, oh, I don't believe this person, that, that that doesn't happen, it does absolutely happen, you know. So when you witnessed this uh, happening to your daughter, was this something that she was trying to do or something that just kind of happened? It was something that just kind of happened. She just, she was standing there on her bed and, you know, we were talking and next thing you know is she just rose up a few inches and just kind of hovered for a second and then went back down. Did this scare her? Um, not as bad as the little girl that used to climb into bed with her. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, what, what happened, Anthony um, she was like, I told you I ain't doing my homework right after she levitated and, and be honest, Lisa, you left the room. You were like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Don't do it. My work is done here. <laughs> She's like, she walks out. You're the one that's going to suffer. You're not going to get a job after school. I'm just telling you algebra. You're flunking. Sorry. But, uh, yeah. So she, so she well, levitated. I 
And you, yeah. the, the little girl. Okay, now this is this is one story you did that I, I you did tell me about because we didn't get to talk about all this, but you did tell me about this one. Now, I wanted to get into that. You said you did. You got bit. Okay. Uh-huh. It, was it the same spirit that we're about to talk about? Was that what bit you? Do you I think? believe it was. We we had a lot of stuff going on in my house um, at the time. We we had um, some investigators um, come to my house and do investigations, and um, I have a lot of pictures that were taken. Um, there was some audio at one time. Um, but there was, there was a lot of stuff. I have a whole notebook sitting over on the table, um, full of incidents that happened. Um, but there was a little girl, my, my daughter did not want to sleep by herself in her room. She finally, when she, um, was able to come, come and tell me, she, she told me that a little girl with red eyes used to climb in bed with her at night and lay there next to her. Oh. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> that's terrifying. So, okay, so the so, little girl um, had red eyes. Did she give you any had, like better description? She just said that she was a little girl with red eyes. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, and now th- th- this went on on a regular basis. This is the one that, that also rose up off the ground. Yes. Okay. And eventually like this culminated in you guys moving eventually, right? You left. Well, no, I, I stayed there in, in the house for years and years. Um, I ended up moving because of, um, uh, my, my husband, dying and um fights that went on in the family and my sasquatch experience <laughs> see folks it does happen everybody's constantly asking me why i stayed living in a haunted house for 10 years first of all the rent was really cheap and second of all it's gone a lot so but uh yeah that that, that that it does happen everybody's always like why didn't you move why didn't you move another thing about haunting uh is that typically it's not all the time it comes in waves. Like there'll be like some stuff that'll happen and then there'll be relative peace for months and then stuff will happen in like spurts. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And then you exactly. kind of, you kind of get every, it kind of not, you know, things are fine for a while and you think, Oh, it's over. It's been, you know, five, six months since anything's happened. Then all of a sudden a, a bunch of stuff will happen. Yeah. In one of the investigations in my house, um, Mark, um, he's, uh, an investigator. Mark went into my daughter's room and um, there wasn't a lot going on this night. So Mark sat in the corner. I think it was in the corner, but he ended up challenging the spirit. Um, And uh, well, he got a little more than what he bargained for um, because he ended up getting scratched on the back. He came running out of the room, came out to uh, Donnie where Donnie and I were. And um, had Donnie pull up his back, and you could see scratches across his back. And we sat there, and we watched, and we took pictures of it, and we watched him get darker and darker. Um, there's a, there's a, we, we had all the lights off in the house, 
And Donnie was standing in front of one of these mirrors that I had in the house. And he took two pictures, but about four seconds apart. Um, the first one shows just Donnie standing there. And the second one, you see a man standing behind Donnie with his head leaning over Donnie's shoulder. These spirits that you encountered in this house, were they aggressive, angry? I mean, of course, a little girl with red eyes, that sounds very evil. And then you think that that same spirit bit you. Yeah, there was was several spirits in our house. There was was one, um, his name was Andrew. And the reason how we found this out is because they had a spirit box or something like that in my house. And it, it kept saying, you know, that, uh, his name was Andrew and it said that, um, he was murdered and something about the woods and three people. And this box just kept saying it over and over and over again. Um, the other spirit that was there, um, that one of my daughters had seen, um, was a man in a military uniform. Um, I believe that one to be, we called him Jerry because, um, the man that we had bought in the property from, um, his name was Jerry. Um, and right after I bought the property from him, he, he passed away. And so I'm thinking the man, and and he was a war veteran. And so I'm thinking the man in the military uniform had to have been Jerry coming back to his house. And then the one that bit me, I believe was just, it was a demon. It was a demon. It was a demon that was crawling into bed with my daughter. Those are the three that I know of. And now you said you had uh, a Sasquatch encounter at that at that same property yes i did okay now let me switch over to you uh for a minute carla let me ask you a question you said that you had no spiritual encounters nothing happened to you until 2006 is that correct yes okay is there a reason is that when you began to dabble in the occult and and you began to play with ouija boards <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't, we talked for three hours and 39 minutes the other day. We were stayed up really late, but, um, I forgot to tell you the first thing that happened to me. And this all started, I think, because my mother passed away. And then my other half sister on my mom's side passed away not too long after my mom. Anyway, the, the first thing that happened to me was nine months after my mother passed away. And I was, I was here at her house. She left it to me and, um, I was asleep and all of a sudden during my sleep, I don't think I was dreaming before. Um, all of a sudden this, everything was bright, brilliant, colored, bright lights, and they were all over the place and they were all connected, but they were outlined in black. And I'm just going, whoa, what's this? That's what I'm thinking. And then all of a sudden, my mother showed up in the middle of all this. It was, I didn't see her face. It was a shadowy bust. And 
my mom said to me, and I recognized her voice. She said, Carla, this is your mother. I just want you to know I'm okay. <laughs> and instead of answering her, I, uh, in my head, I'm saying, well, this cannot be a dream because I have never dreamt like this before. And then she says to me, your dad is here too. And I said, he is? My dad had passed away quite a while before that. And then my father showed up in a shadowy bus also. And he spoke to me. He greeted me. And I can't remember how the greeting was. And then he went on to talk to me. But I was so freaked out by this that I didn't hear anything but the greeting. And then I was awake. And I don't know, uh, then, well, I was skeptical. You know, I thought, could this be a dream? It sure wasn't like a dream. Um, a week later, I heard on Coast to Coast AM, because I was here working on the house, and I didn't have any TV here, so I would listen to the radio. And Coast to Coast AM, I would start listening to that every night while I was fixing up the house. And the exact same story came from one of their listeners. And it was pr pretty much exactly what I went through. And so then I went, wow, wow, that was not a dream. That was a visit from my mom and my dad. And then things went on from there <laughs> with ghostly stuff going on. And there was a lot of it. And like, do you care to expound on that? Oh, yeah. Um, I tried to put this in order. I've got some notes here to remind me. And after that, I think the first thing that happened, we were living in the house by then, and it was my husband and I's anniversary. I was sick in bed, and he came home with a long-stemmed rose, and I said, thank you. Can you put that in a vase for me? So he went and got the vase, and it was dirty. It was stored outside. <laughs> and so he went to clean it up. He put the rose on top of a pan that was on the stove and just rested it there with the bud facing the stove. And he went to clean up the vase, and when he turned around to put the rose in it, it had gone off the pan and was turned the opposite direction. And so that was the first experience of something happening. And he came in and reluctantly told me about it because he was very skeptical, you know. And let me see. Do you want me to just go on? Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Then my husband promised to... Uh, fix up the house as far as the flooring. There was carpet in here, and it was awful. And he was dragging his feet, dragging his feet. So I started, I just started ripping up the carpet. <laughs> and um, there was a divider, kind of a half wall. I tore that out. I said, you know, when are we going to do this? This is awful. <laughs> and there was a plaque that I had given my mom. And it was right in between us as we were talking about when are we going to do this. And the plaque fell on the floor. 
And the plaque said, believe, and it had an angel on it. Your dreams will come true. Something, of, I don't know if that's exactly right, but that's what it meant. And I didn't think about it at the time. <clears throat> but when I looked back on it, after other things started happening a lot, I remembered that I didn't go where that plaque was to pick it up. It hadn't fallen off the wall. And I had to walk about, well, six or eight feet to pick it up. It was projected off the wall. And I didn't, I didn't really think about it at the time. But when I looked back, I went, wow, <laughs> that was my mom. <laughs> uh, and let me see, I'm looking at my notes. Oh, yes, I, I'd been being touched and stuff it wasn't scary to me it was more comforting because I just thought it was my mom you know saying I'm here <laughs> and there was probably other stuff happening but I can't remember but I kept it to myself I didn't say anything to anybody and well, then it, it one sounds, day I, I'm sorry go ahead um like I said, I just kept it myself, and one day, after it had been going on for, I don't know, at least a couple months, my husband crawls in bed, and he goes, Carla, I want to know what's going on, and I went, what are you talking about? He just kept saying, I want to know what's going on, and I didn't really know what he was talking about, so I said, well, tell me what you're talking about. He goes, you know paranormal stuff <laughs> I got all excited and I said what happened to you what happened to you and all that he said is he got tripped two or three times and I said come on there's more you had more than that but he wouldn't tell me I don't know if it was any more than that um so when he told me that that he had experienced that I was picking up the kids from someplace where they're at in the middle of the day. And as they got into the car, I said, kids, guess what? Our house is haunted. And, you know, they, yeah, right, mom. What are you talking about? So we came to the house and it was just moments later from me telling them this, just a few minutes and I just laid on the bed to watch TV in the bedroom, and I was eating a chocolate bar. And my youngest son comes in the bedroom, and he goes, give me some. I said, no, you got your own. Leave me alone. <laughs> and he's mischievous, and we joke around and stuff, and we were being playful. And <laughs> he was coming after the chocolate bar, and he was tripped at the foot of the bed and he caught up. I mean, he went down hard. He gets up and his eyes are great big and he goes, something just tripped me. There's nothing there to trip me. And I tripped, something was there. And I said, I told you so. <laughs> and I laughed. And then it was kind of loud. We were making a ruckus, you know. And so my older son comes to the door to see what was going on. And told him that 
Duncan had just been tripped, and I just told him that the house was haunted. So he's standing there and watches Duncan try again on the other side of the bed. He walked that way, and he went down again for the second time, and my older son saw it happen. Did they, again, did they say what, what, did he say what it felt like was tripping him? I never heard him explain. He just kept saying something was there. Something was there. And so both of my sons experienced that. And let me see my older son. Um, he was touched a couple of times, both in his hair and his leg. And the younger son, all I remember him experiencing is the tripping. But hey, tell him about the orbs. Oh yeah, but that was much later in a different house. That was different spirits. So but, you you guys you lived in two different haunted houses, or, or there were houses yeah. that were haunted, and you, uh, Lisa, lived in one house that was haunted, or two. I lived in one house that was haunted, yeah. Yeah. And so all, all, all this stuff that was going on, let's go back to you, Lisa. You you had all this stuff going on in that house, and then you said you had a Sasquatch experience. Do you think that that tied into the, the haunting, or what do you think that was? I think it all ties in together. Um, my, my Sasquatch was... It happened after I, I had left my property for a while and then moved back there. I was off the property for three years. One of my daughters and their family was living there. After my husband had died, um, one, of, one of my daughters and their family were living in my big house. And so um, I had asked my son-in-law to build me a tiny house out back. And... Um, we were still working on the house, but I was living in it. And uh, my dog, Wilkie, and I were in the loft, which was my bedroom, and we were watching some TV. And Loki gets up on the pillow, and he's looking down, and he's barking at the door. And he kept barking and barking, and I kept shushing him away. And this happened like four or five times, you know. I shush him away. Finally... We're laying there, and Loki's looking down, and all of a sudden, there's this great big bang on my door. And you have to have seen my door. My door is a very, very heavy, solid wood door, heavy frame. It took four people to put to carry that door and to put that door in there. Um, but my door was knocked open, and uh, I... I was freaking out because I'm upstairs and I had no exit to go and get away. So I called my brother, Rick, who, um, who was now living in that house, the big house. Um, because I, I had to, um, I had to evict one of my daughters from my house, um, for circumstances. Anyhow, so, um, my brother ended up living in my big house, and I was living in the tiny house. And um, Loki and I were upstairs, and we were... Um, Loki's the dog. Loki was my dog. Yeah, yes, Loki. My little yeah. dog. I got a friend named Loki. We call him Loki. 
<laughs> and uh, Loki kept barking at the door. And um, after about four or five times, you know, trying to shush Loki, um, I thought everything was cool. And Loki was just sitting there on the pillow and he was looking down. And all of a sudden there was a loud bang on the door. And my door, which was a very thick, solid wood door, it had a huge solid wood frame. Um, it took four people to put that door in. <laughs> it was that heavy. Um, anyhow, it was it was pushed in. And so I called my brother Rick and I said, Rick, something just hit my door and knocked it in. I said, can you come out here? So he comes out and um, we're looking around and we, we can't find anything. But you can hear something rustling around in the trees um, just along the way. And, uh, okay, so um, he goes back into his house and I go back into my house. And that's that's it for that night. When we woke up in the morning... Outside of my front door, about five feet away, was a huge pile of scat. <laughs> that it was was not human scat. It wasn't bear scat. It looked like human, but a human doesn't not like that. <laughs> so, so, so you and you think that this this that that was you think it was a Sasquatch? I think it was a Sasquatch. Had you had any squatch um, activity going on in, in that area? Or? Well, where I where I live was a place called Tenino, Washington. And in between Tenino, Rainier, and Yelm, they're all within a short vicinity of each other. There has been numerous Sasquatch sightings. Um, also, my property had kind of butted up against um, Fort Lewis. McCord property um, where they do their maneuvers and from what I've heard and from a, a lot of people say that in the southeast quadrant which is the part that attached to where my property was um, the military actually killed a Sasquatch there years back um do you, do you know what do you know what year that was that they may have said that you don't know how, what what I, decade or I think it was, I think it was either 1979 or 1997 it seems like that it was one of those I I'm not exactly sure but I've heard lots of people say that on Fort Lewis there's all this activity going on and that um there has been Sasquatch killed there. Um, we go back um, the next day. Nothing happens in my in my tiny house. Two nights after um, the first incident, it happened again. Um, Loki and I were upstairs in our room, and he's barking at the door again. And there's another bang on the door. This time it pushes the door in and it breaks the frame um and so i called my brother rick and a, another friend who was staying on the property her name is carla so that's carla number two um and i had them come out i told them i said something banged on my door again 
And so they come out and they look and, uh, you know, well, we're out looking through the woods, trying to see if we can find something, you know, and you can hear footsteps going away, but, uh, we, we never saw what it was. Anyhow, we ended up, you know, the next day, obviously fixing my door. Um, so I, I had a rooster and his name was Joe. And uh, Joe used to live on our porch. He stayed on our porch, and he he was he was a pet. He would come in our house and sit on the counter, and and you know he followed you around like a puppy dog. And uh, it was about three o'clock, in between three and three thirty in the morning, and I heard Joe screaming at, at the you know this, this death scream. And then all of a sudden there was nothing. And so I called Rick and I said, Rick, I said, something's going on. I said, I heard Joe screaming and now I can't see him and I can't find him. And so Rick came out and we looked around and um, we couldn't find Joe. So we ended up, you know, just going back in the house and going back to bed. And the next morning, Carla went out looking for... um, for Joe, and she ended up finding a kill spot. Um, the night that night that that had happened, we did see a raccoon out in the woods, but it didn't have Joe's body with him. So, I I really don't think it was the raccoon that got my my rooster. Um, and I. Uh, Sasquatch are known for stealing chickens, yep. so my, my my conclusion is that he took my chicken and ate him. I think that's very plausible because uh, I did a show not not too long ago. As of the, the time that by the time this airs, it will have already been aired. But uh, there was a town, <clears throat> and actually one of my my uncles lived lived there lived there uh, for a long time, and they had uh, Sasquatch activity. Um, not I guess probably twenty fifteen to twenty miles north of that city, and it was a lot of it. And it it was attacking uh, people's farms in that area, and 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 they it was targeting chickens, uh, and 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 they know it was a Sasquatch because it was seen by multiple people, and it also killed a calf too, and was like it just slung it over its shoulder and was like walking off with it, you know. Um. So yeah, that's that's uh that, that's uh not uh, uncommon. It's not an uncommon thing. Dogmen do the same thing. They'll kill your chickens. They'll kill your, your livestock. They're they're pretty uh, ravenous when it comes to uh, being livestock slaughterers. I know, I know, like people like there's a lot of people like to think that Bigfoot are benevolent and they're nice and they're kind, or whatever. But they're not above killing. Um, right. You know. So you. Well, I think that this Sasquatch was attracted to my house because it was brand new construction. And the fact that I left a light on in it at night um, so I could see to go upstairs from downstairs, you know, um, I'm sure it was probably curious as to what was going on there. Needless to say, after this last incident happened with my rooster, I ended up moving into the big house. (laughs) So you were living in a haunted house and it was all good until Sasquatch showed up. 
basically? Um, well, I lived I lived in the haunted house, and uh, I lived in there for a long time. I owned that property for twenty five years, um, but the last last three years of it, um, I had actually moved out of the house and let my daughter live yeah, in that it. house. And they built you a smaller house um, in the back. And they, they built me a smaller house. I had moved up to Federal Way, Washington, which is really close to Seattle, um, to live with my, my new husband. Um, and, uh, well, he, he died, um, a year and nine days after our wedding. Um, oh, he ended so up with sorry. cancer. And so, um, I, I had to move home. And that's why we ended up building the tiny house in the backyard so they could stay in the big house because I didn't need that big house all to myself. You know, yeah. I'm just one person and a tiny dog. Um, so we decided to build me a tiny house that, that would solve everybody's problems. They had a place to stay. They didn't have to pay rent, you know, and I had my little tiny house. You're in you that the tiny house wasn't haunted or anything, right? Nothing going on there, no, no, okay. So, Sasquatch, so, so that is your experiences with uh the spirits and with Sasquatch, right? Um, well, did we leave anything I, out? Oh, there's there's lots and lots and lots to do with the spirits. I mean, you can see uh, we had ghosts. Uh, you could see apparitions going down the hallways and going through walls. Um, one of one of the spirits in the house really liked to play with my keys. I had this little hook by the door that whenever I would come in the house, I'd hang my keys up on this hook, you know, so I always knew where they were. Um, when I go to get them to uh, like leave to go to work or you know whatever I had to do. My keys would be gone, and I would have to search the house to find my keys. A lot of times I would find them uh, in the couch, or um, they would, like, hide it, like, in a coat pocket, um, just weird places. I, I, I found them in a cookie jar one time. And these apparitions that you saw in your house, like what? Give can you give us a description? What do they look like? Uh, well, I, I told you about the the, the guy in uniform, in the uniform, and the little girl with the red eyes. But I mean, what, 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 was it? Because I'm wondering, was it like was it like a portal? Was there something there that was like there were multiple multiple spirits? Because I believe that's I, what I, was happening in our place. Was that there was multiple? I was told that there was a vortex created yeah. in my closet mm -hmm. because I, I had I had two mirrors that were facing each other. <laughs> okay. And somebody one of one of my investigators said, "Well, that's a good way." I said, "You cre they said you you can create a vortex by doing that." And that's probably what's bringing these spirits into this house. And so we ended up moving one of the mirrors which is the mirror that Donnie had actually saw the man in the mirror. You that, know, that's actually that the be, the best folks at home listening at home. I'm going to give you some, that the best way to get rid of these spirits, if you're having problems and you have the mirror situation, like she's got, you go and you take fresh chicken blood and you throw it all over the mirrors. 
you do a, an incantation in Latin, basically uh, summoning, I don't know what it is. But anyway, you just, just read those words, and then you smash the mirrors while cursing with a hammer. Okay? And that will fix the problem. And Looks I like a charm. Totally made that up. I'm <laughs> totally messing with you. Please do not do that, folks. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm totally joking. <laughs> Just seeing if everybody's awake. I'm messing with you, okay? That's not correct, all right? Don't go and do that and say that Jock <laughs> Turner told you to do that, Okay. All right. The no, just... the investigators told me just to separate the mirrors, to move them <laughs> okay. so they weren't facing each other. Yeah, because mirrors have have. Okay, I'm going to say something about mirrors. All joking aside, I when I moved into the place that I was in, there was a mirror in the hallway, and it was obviously very old, and it had been there for a long time, and it was bolted into the wall. And so, in order to take it out, you, I mean, it would have tore all that. You know, the it would have tore everything up. So we just left it there. I left it alone. But uh, I was told by a clairvoyant, a psychic, you know, I had all these different people, a shaman, a two ghost hunting crews that came, one from San Antonio, and they and they were just like, oh, yeah, you need to uh, do something about this mirror. This is where the problems are. And so I'm like, well, what do I do? And they were like, well, you can cover it up. So I actually tried. I had a sheet over it for a little, you know, people would walk in the house and then go into the hallway. And why is this sheet here? And uh, this female friend of mine decided to just yank it off. And, like, literally, like, that night, a bunch of weird stuff started happening. So then I was mm-hmm. told by this other psychic. Well, she wasn't really a psychic. She was like, a, I guess you would call her a bruja. She played with tarot cards and did all that kind of stuff, you know. And I didn't ask for her. I didn't ask her uh, permission. What do you call it? Uh, her opinion. Uh, we were hanging out, and she was like, yeah, I do readings, and I do this, and I do that. And she's like, you have a house that's got some activity. So she knew her, she knew her stuff. Nobody told her that. I never met her before. And I was like, yeah, so. so." And she's like, yeah, well, you have a mirror there, and it, it's created a portal, like a vortex. And I'm like, yeah, I can believe that. And then there's a lot of weird stuff's happened there. And she's like, well, when you cover it up, you can keep spirits trapped like in, you know, like they can be trapped in, out outside of their, their little exit or whatever. So I said, okay. And so she's like, but, but you know, and then you can also make it angry because when, when they're able to come back, they're, 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 they're PO'd, you know, like they're mad, whatever. And they'll make their presence right. known. And she said that there were good and bad spirits going through that, that uh, portal. And uh, so she just told me that. And I was like, and who are you exactly? And she told me, and I was like, okay. And I was just, she was just like, I thought I'd give you that advice. And, and she wanted to do a reading on me. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, so, yeah, but that, that I thought that was interesting because a, a friend of a friend, basically a, a female friend, I guess I should say one of my buddies, a girl he was dating, she just came over and just yanked the sheet right off of the mirror. And I was like, why did you do that? And I just, there wasn't, she's like, I don't know. I just felt compelled to do it. I was like, yeah, I'm sure something did compel you to do it. And you did it. And then, sure enough, a bunch of stuff started happening. So I can believe the mirror thing, you know. Yeah, and I mean it's it's creepy because I, there was a there was a place we used to work at. I can't say the name of it. It's it's a retirement home. It's a very nice. Uh, it was a very peaceful place. Um, working there at night, and the residents were were retirees, and they were all very nice people. And the people that worked there were very nice. And we had the account for several months. And I know that a bunch of uh, different guards uh, that we had worked there, and they and they enli- they enjoyed working there. It was a twelve hour shift, but you got to interact with the 
people that live there, and then you got a free breakfast in the morning. So it's pretty cool. You go in about seven o'clock, six or seven o'clock, and then you get off at like I think seven or eight or something. So you got to interact with the residents, and then you know you had like this the overnight where it was kind of a lull, where it was kind of uh, quiet, and then in the morning the residents would get up and they'd eat breakfast and. You can interact with them. So I worked it a couple times. I liked it. But there was only one spot in that whole place that felt uh, sinister to me. And it was these two archways. And they both were, they had mirrors that were facing each other. And, I, and I, I'm not kidding. That one spot was so, it just gave me like a, just the creepiest feeling. And I was talking to Tony uh, and I was telling him, you know, because he worked there pretty pretty often. And I was like, do you ever feel creeped out there? He goes, no, not really. I mean, he goes, there have been a few people that have passed there, you know, because it was a retirement home. And they were people that were older. You know, you have people in their, in their 80s, you know, and they were passing away. You know, it happens. And and so this uh, one spot, he says, yeah, there was this one spot. And I was like, yeah. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. And I talked to Scorpion. He said the same thing. That one spot is where – it just felt like there was, uh, like, like you just felt this weird energy, and there was a restroom right there. So when you were in the north, uh, in that north end, because it was a big place, it was a very large uh, facility. Uh, when I was in that north end, and I'd have to use the restroom, I always felt weird, and sometimes I would feel like there was somebody there. And only one time that anything ever really happened to me, I was in that restroom and I was washing my hands, and I thought somebody came in behind me. And it's like two or three in the morning, and at that time, th- there's there's no one else awake. There might be a, a maintenance guy there to fix an emergency, this or that. Every once in a while, there were people that would go up there to do things, um, or housekeepers. The housekeepers they would be on one side of the you know, and that particular night, the housekeepers were on the south end, and so I was up in the north end, and I was just reading a book and uh, relaxing. It was a pretty easy post. And so I used the bathroom and I was washing my hands and I saw somebody. I, I could still remember what he looked like. It was like he had like dark hair. He had like a blue shirt. He looked like he was dressed, uh, this is going to sound weird, like from the 70s or something. It looked like, you know, how they looked. Like they wore those yeah. those those weird but the buttons with the white buttons, you know, their snap buttons. And he looked like he was wearing like a blue shirt. And he just kind of walked in right, right behind me and I looked up and I was like, oh, but I didn't hear the stall or anything, and I turned and I looked to my right, and the stall door was open. I looked. There was nobody there, and I was like, whoa. Like, what, like, what was that? Like, that was weird. And you go right around that corner from there, and there is these two mirrors, and they're facing each other. And that is the only spot in that whole property that I ever felt weird at. And it's not even, it's not even that far from where I live. I've driven through there. There's deer everywhere. It's real pretty. And I'm driven through there a couple times and taking my wife through there and said, yeah, we used to work over here. And the residents were really nice. I've worked at a couple of retirement communities where the the residents were cool and we got along with them and it was peaceful. Uh, But that one, it was just that one spot. And I think that the mirrors had something to do with it. And I think when they face one another, you know, it's it's even more pronounced. I know I've gotten stories from people who've told me, you know, about stuff, you know, in mirrors that were facing one another. I had a guy that told me he went to a funeral home for a funeral. It's a real short story. And he said he was literally washing his hands in in the sink, like, you know, and he said that there was a mirror behind him and a mirror in front of him. And he could see someone standing, like, you know how it shows, like, like, it's like, like a, 
you in the mirror, in the mirror, in the mirror, in the mirror. You know what I mean? It just keeps going right. uh, into infinity. And he said that in, in one, like the third or fourth um, image, he could see somebody standing there looking at him. And he was just in shock. And, of course, this is a funeral home. Right. So he goes, I couldn't believe this. I was like looking at this. I believe I believe this was in, uh, I, I honestly believe this was in Missouri. Uh, when he, where he said that, but it wasn't where you're at, uh, Lisa. But I believe it was Missouri. It was either, or it might have been Kansas. Anyways, he, the guy, the guy, he told me he said I was sitting there staring at it, and I was like, "There's a, there's a, there's a man standing there," and he said that that he he just was like kind of blinked his eyes and was like, "Am I seeing that?" And then he said it looked like it moved, like it was getting closer to him. And I've heard huh. a story like that before, but it was something else. It wasn't. Just a man, like an image of a man moving towards somebody. It was something else. It was like hopping. And so, you know, when you take that, <laughs> those stories, that's really, they're really creepy. And I'm probably going to tell the hopping one eventually because it has, it pertains to another subject. But I was just like, that doesn't surprise me. And he was like, yeah, and it was at a funeral home. It was already creepy. And he was there for a an in-law that had passed away. And uh, he had asked me if I'd ever heard anything like that. And I was like, absolutely. You know, I, I didn't see anything um, at that retirement home other than I thought a guy walked in behind me when I was using the bathroom. But then again, you know, it was two, three in the morning and I was really tired and I was trying to stay awake. And because I can't drink coffee, so I, I have to stay awake and I just have to do the best I can. So, but anyways, continue. I'm sorry to go on a dissertation about uh, mirrors, but you, you were, you had this situation with these two mirrors that were facing each other. Yeah. And, and I was told that that's what was creating the vortex and that mm -hmm. was what was, uh, calling the spirits. And so we ended up ha doing, um, a cleansing of the house, you know, burning sage and sweet grass and, and beating drums. And, you know, uh, cat ended up saying prayers over my house. And we planted, uh, we planted um, crystals in the corners of each of my my yard um, as a cleansing, but I said it kind of stopped it for a while, but it didn't stop it totally. Um, there was one incident where I was sitting in my bedroom and I was sitting at my computer desk and I had my bedroom door closed and a man had... It's like something you would see in a movie, um, like an Abbott and Costello thing, where uh, the man sticks his half of his body through the door. Um, this this apparition stuck half of his body through his door and was like looking at me. Um, he was wearing like a gray a gray uh, suit suit with like a red tie. Um, he had uh, short brown hair. Um, he was Caucasian. I, I don't remember much more than that, but I do, it freaked me out because it's like he just popped through my door, was looking at me for a couple seconds and then pulled himself back out of my door. And this was a reg was this like a regular occurrence? Uh, all of these happenings, 
They would they would go for a little while and they would kind of slow down. Slow down. Except for the mm-hmm. key incident. The key incident happened all the time. But you know, they would they would come in they'd come in bunches. Yeah, that that's something that's pretty common at our place too. Like uh stuff would go missing. I, I was looking high and low for my checkbook and I sat down on, on the couch and I looked down and had turned the whole house upside down. And there was my checkbook sitting right in front of me on the coffee table. And I had two other people that were tearing up the house, trying to find it with me. And we all can attest that that, that there's no way in heck that it was on that coffee table. And we all just overlooked it. That We, we cleared the coffee table off completely right. trying to find this checkbook. And um, it just wasn't there. I mean, we, we looked everywhere. And I was like, I could have swore I sat it right here. And I even... I know it was. I know that it had been moved because I was like, I sat it right here on this coffee table. I mean, it was right there, and I kept saying that. And we looked under the couches. We looked under the coffee table. I even ha- I had one of those coffee tables that had the top, and then it had like a little uh, thing underneath, like below it, like another second tier where you could put stuff, you know. So I lifted that up, and I looked, and I, I mean, I just I just couldn't figure it out. Then I'm just sitting there you know, aggravated. And I looked down, you know, um, and there was my check. It was like 20 years ago, you know, back when checkbooks were a lot more relevant than they are now. But uh, right. yeah, I looked down and there it was. And I was like, this is impossible. But there it was. And uh, yeah, that happens. And so can I ask you a question, Lisa? Do, do you think yeah. that, that that this, that these hauntings and these things that went on, do you think that this could have been something that like the portal, as you called it, do you think that that could have... Uh, attracted the attention of a squatch? Um I I don't know, but I think I I think it's all intertwined. I think it all somehow fits together uh, as a puzzle. Mm-hmm. We just haven't got all the pieces yet, you know. A lot of people believe uh, like that, but then a lot of people would be like, "No, two completely different things and <laughs> And, you know, the, even though, you know, there's a lot of people who've had the same, have these encounters and, of course, Sasquatch just kind of shows up or Dogman and they don't, they just do not want to believe that that could happen. I mean, that they, they think it's a, it's a coincidence or something. It's like 20 years ago, you know, if you said that you had seen a Sasquatch, well, you were crazy. But, but now, you know, you see a Sasquatch, it, it's been proven. That that they exist. Everybody knows they exist. I mean, you see, not everyone. Was- not everyone. <laughs> it's not officially proven, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And you and like you said, if you saw Sasquatch 20 years ago, you're crazy. I personally still believe anybody who's seen Sasquatch is crazy, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I'm messing with you. I'm, folks at home are going like, what? No, folks, Josh Turner's not saying that I think everybody that's seen Sasquatch is crazy, just all the people that are on TV doing it. Um, no, I'm just joking. I don't want anybody calling me from the History Channel or whatever channel and getting all up in arms. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. There, there's a lot of good shows on there on those shows. What, what I'm saying is uh, y- you could literally at, at one time – you know, be considered a nut for, for talking about these things. But now I get what you're saying, Lisa. Now it's a lot more accepted. It's like everybody knows they exist. Everybody knows UFOs exist. To deny, to deny it is just, it's so, there's so many credible people. Heck, Rob Lowe, 
uh, you know, the actor, right. like he came out and said he saw one. He was he was working on. If you look it up, guys, go look it up. I don't know exactly. My wife showed me the article and I read it, and I was like, hmm, yes, he's crazy now. And I just started ignoring him. But no, nah, I'm just kidding. And now he 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 came out and said it. Like he he was on a set or something, and they were going through the woods and they saw one right down the side of the road. It was like on a gravel road or something. I mean, you know, you got Rob Lowe. I was just watching him the other day on Parks and Recreation. So I mean. You know, and, the, and this guy has seen a Sasquatch. I, I I know a lot of people who've seen a Sasquatch. You could probably walk around your local grocery store. And I actually thought about that as an idea. I was like, you know, I told Anthony, I said, we had to walk around Sprouts or H-E-B, one of these grocery stores, and just go up to uh, 20, 25 people and ask them if they believe in Sasquatch and ask them if they've seen a Sasquatch and then just get like a pole, you know, or a ghost. And just see how many people have seen a UFO, a ghost, Sasquatch. Now, a lot less acceptable is what I've seen. I saw what is called a dogman, which I think is a silly term. It's, it looked like a werewolf to me, but whatever. But everybody, you know, when, when I when I made a, a post about that years ago on Facebook just to see what kind of reaction I would get. This is like 2010 or something. I posted it and a bunch of people laughed. But uh, other people were like, really? And they started asking me questions about it. Now, this is long before I ever got into the, you know, community itself and, and, and started doing shows and talking to people and about it in the community, you know, other than like, you know, interviewing people here and there that I had met, you know, over the years who'd seen one and uh, and hadn't been on any, anybody's program at that time. But I just, I posted it just to see what people would say. And I had people uh, that laughed at me. And what's funny is one of the guys from my hometown that made fun of me, turns out his brother had seen one. And, <laughs> you know, and he was absolutely going to be uh, a douchebag to his brother, like you know, his own brother. His own brother came forward and said, I've seen what you've seen. He's never to this day given me the details of it, and I've tried, um, but I don't know if he just doesn't want to talk about it or it seems like he's got an excuse or whatever. And But anyway, he, he saw one at this uh, area near the pond, you know, in our hometown and near a hike and bike. And, and I know of people, two other people who've seen something there in that area. And so I asked him, I've asked him repeatedly and he's always like, I'll get back to you. He never does. Maybe he just doesn't want to talk about it. Um, but I just kind of left it alone, but that, that his brother thought it was just a big joke. And he's like, Oh, you sound like my brother just saying that stuff. And I'm like, well, why, why do you think there's a lot of people who've actually come out and said that because they've seen something? I mean, but it's a lot more accepted now, you know, like you said, people, it's, it's not a hundred percent proven, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's so common. Everybody has seen a, a, or heard of something weird. And it's a lot more accepted to have been able to to come forward and say you've seen a ghost or a Sasquatch, but there is still a slight stigma attached to to these things. And so when you come out and you say you've seen this, you're kind of like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because there was a guy where my dad worked at and he was in Washington, literally in your state. I don't know exactly where. But my dad worked with him when he was in his 20s, and he said that that guy swore up and down that he shot and killed a Sasquatch. Like, he swore up and down. So, of course, my dad, you know, said that everybody that was there was just kind of like, nah, you know, they didn't really believe him. But it was weird. It was more like the people that were there to work, they weren't all from there. They weren't from. um, Right. Yeah. and, And I think it was near Olympia. 
where it happened. And, but, but the, the, yeah, the, that's supposed to where I was. Well, the, the locals around there, though, totally believe. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah, when I was up in that area, I mean, they were hawking big Bigfoot T-shirts and everything else. And they were just like, hey, you know, welcome to Seattle or whatever when I was up there. And they had the, the Sasquatch shirts, you know, everywhere. It's just a very, uh-huh. it's a very common thing. And every time I'm up there in Washington, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking through the wood line, see if I see something. I'm like, I'm like, oh, look, oh, that's a tree stump. Never mind. But, but haven't seen a Sasquatch yet, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, keeping hope alive that maybe one of these days I'll see one. I, I don't want to see it up area. close. The, yeah. The, the Mount Rainier area. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to see it up close. Like I did the dog man. I'd rather see it from a distance and say, that's oh, me. okay. I want to see the dog man. That, that, uh, that's the only thing I haven't seen. she's crazy, please. I, that, that's the only thing I haven't seen. I've seen the UFO. I told you about my UFO. I, Dogman, I really, really believe they exist. And I've been invited to go to LBL um, to do research. Um, but vaults you know, and his little challenge that he has going on has kind of scared the you know what out of me. So well, you know, that, that's in Mississippi, not... though. Vaults in I know, yeah. <clears throat> but the way he describes what goes on with them, it's made me change my mind. I I don't want to go searching them out, but I really do want to see one. You know? I wouldn't want to go but see one. Lisa is in Mississippi now. No, I'm in, in Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's in the but state where the where the guy saw the dead LBL. guy in the mirror. Huh? I, I said you're in the state where you saw the dead guy in the mirror, where where the guy saw them in in the in the funeral home. Because I believe that was in Missouri, where, where I can I can go back and look, but I, I'm I'm trying to find the uh, the the message right now, where the guy saw the thing in the mirror. It was a guy in the mirror. Yeah, that happened, I believe, in Missouri. I, th- oh, really? I, th- I think really? it, I think it was Kansas City, Missouri, where he saw it. Kansas City. Well, St. Louis, Missouri, is known for having the Exorcist house. Yeah, I, <laughs> do you do you don't want to go run around in there, do you? You're not trying. No, I don't want to go run around there. I'm done. <laughs> you know, my my last experience with this actually happened when I was here in my little apartment building. Um. I would leave my apartment and th- there's a guy that lives next door to me and something kept telling me to always go knock on the, on his door. And I kept, I kept ignoring it, you know, and I ignored it. And finally one day I just, I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I went and I knocked on his door and I kept knocking and kept knocking and nobody would answer. And I started back to my apartment and something just said, no, 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 go knock on his door. So I went and I was knocking on his door again and nobody answered. So I went downstairs to talk to Steve in our leasing office. And um, I said, I personally, I knew the guy was passed away. But I I wasn't going to go down there and say, hey, Steve, this guy's dead, you know. So I went down and I said, Steve, does anybody check on my neighbor next door? You know, um, I noticed that his mail is piling up. And Steve goes, well, he takes off with his family. Um, 
sometimes, and he'll be gone for a week or so. He goes, but I'll call and I'll check up on him. I said, okay, thanks. So about 15 minutes later, I'm taking the garbage out. And uh, Steve's there at the guy's apartment and um, with two police officers, and they found him deceased. So that happened there. Um, I kept having something that kept telling me kitchen. And, like, when I would be in my kitchen, I, I would feel really strange. And um, one day... Um, his family was, was here, and they were checking out the apartment and stuff that they have to move out. And um, I had talked to them, and I told them that I was the one that, you know, let Steve know that I thought something was up. And um, I said, um, I keep hearing this word, kitchen. I said, did he die in the kitchen? And so the lady I was talking to walked over by the door and pointed down at the floor, which was in the kitchen, and said he died right there. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so that's, that, yeah, uh, that's, 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 pretty, that's pretty freaky. That happened about a month and a half ago. So let me, get, let me ask you this, uh, Carla. Now, you, you had uh, spiritual encounters that, that didn't begin – until 2006. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, so your mom your mom passed away in 2006. And mm -hmm. do you feel like the hauntings were her? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But they were comforting. They were loving touches. Um it wasn't too long after my mother passed away that my half sister on my mom's side um she passed away also. And she was nasty. She was nasty to me my whole life. <laughs> that's a whole nother show. <laughs> well, do, do you want to explain? Because that that's interesting. Because that that part we talked about the 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 uh, the sister part a little a little bit. Yeah. Touch base. Um, it's interesting. She was twenty years older than you. Yeah. Right. And so when you you what you had told me, I remember the other night you told me when you were born. She was was jealous, mm -hmm. pretty much, and then she already had a, a child that was ten months old, right? Right. Yeah, and so then when you were born, the resentment set in, and so she was very ugly to you. And um, <clears throat> not so much when I was really little, but I think she still resented me because mom had her own child instead of being the grandmother that my sister wanted, you know, took away from her kids. She had five kids. And, yeah, I think she resented me, but she got really, really nasty when I had my kids. Um, yeah, she did horrible things to me. And I believe she was here also. And one of the things that I think she was doing was... <sighs> You know the hood over your stove with the fan and the lights? Mm -hmm. the, um, <laughs> it would go on by itself, and I have many, many witnesses to this. Uh, it would turn on on high, and the light would blink, and then the light never blinks 
when it's on. And if you went up to it and tried to turn it off, you could not turn it off. It would be on high and the light would blink until it was ready to turn off. And this happened a lot, a lot. And I had a best friend who was a skeptic and I didn't tell her about it at first. But I finally broke down and was telling her about it and I was on the phone and and I was actually stirring something on the stove while I was telling her this. And she goes, Carla, I think it's probably your sister. And right when she said that, it happened. And I was inches from my face. And I said, oh, my God, it's happening right now. And, yeah, that happened so much. And so many people saw it. But when my renters would come and rent, it wouldn't happen for them after I moved out of the house. I went back to Forks after four and a half years of living in my mom's house, and I'm here right now. I'm renting to my oldest son, Taylor, and his girlfriend, Angie, and... And that's crazy. So you, so let me get this straight. You think that the uh, hauntings that were affecting you were literally your mother and your, and your older half-sister? Yes. Wow. And and some of them were nasty and some of them were very comforting. And and so the good ones were your mom and the bad ones were Yeah. kind of your That's your what I believe. Yeah. You know, there's no proof, but that's how I feel. Yeah. When I was a kid, my sister told me, uh when I, if I die before you, I'm going to haunt you. I'm like, you better not. You're going to wish you hadn't. <laughs> I don't even know why I knew that I would still be able to like, you know, defeat her in the spirit world but i just kind of felt like it you know i just mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know I, I just told her i was like you better not and she could it, it was weird because at that time she could beat me up because i was little you know and she's about five years older than me yeah and they would they would beat me up but uh once i got older and bigger you know i was like no no and uh i told them i was like if i die before you guys i'm definitely going to come back and haunt you but it, it'll be in a good way It'll just be, I'll just come back and, 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 and out of, and well, you know, I'm times, here. make farting noises and, you know, <laughs> and when you're trying to get a job or something, you know, just throw coffee across the table at the guy interviewing you, you know, playful <laughs> stuff like that. Just fun, fun stuff. Pull people's hair when you're standing behind them and then they yeah. turn around and they see you and like, <laughs> stuff like that you know <laughs> make, make like the, you're walking out of the store and like something falls out of your purse that you didn't put in there uh-huh. and they're like man you're shoplifting again and we told you, you know, just playful stuff you know fun stuff right no that's not good um, though I think was... that's horrible that you had to go through that that you had a sister that was so vindictive that that she would even strike at you from the grave, and that is not uncommon either. I've heard stories, really, of things like wow, that. Oh man, I'm telling you, that's nice to know because that's really the way I've been feeling about it. Well, you're not crazy. <clears throat> Let me tell you a real quick one here. I had a guy who sent me a story, and I was actually going to give him to come on the live stream and tell. He has he had a deed, uh, inherited a piece of a property he didn't even know. That and, and he had this half brother. He had a half brother that was a dot. I, I think he was ten or twelve years older than him. I got to go back and look. But uh, long story short, 
that older half brother knew about that 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 property had been left to him, and uh, he was trying to um, forge his signature, doing all these things. And then somebody came forward and told him, said, "Hey, <clears throat> can you take a look at this?" And it was him. And he goes, "I didn't sign that. That's not what is that, you know?" And he had a brother, and his brother um, he had a weird name too. Like his brother, his brother's name was like Ford or something. It was like it was weird. It was like a, like his first name. It was weird. Anyway, this guy Ford had like done all these this this underhanded stuff and. And uh, when he went to confront the guy, the guy, you know, started like screaming and yelling at him and literally spit like t- chewing tobacco on him and told him, you know, he goes, he goes, uh, uh, when I die, I'm going to, I curse you. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to come do this and that, you know, about two or three years later, the guy dies. And he said almost instantaneously, weird things started happening. Like the, the garage wow. uh, window when him and his wife were pulling up to their house it broke out. They found a handprint like uh, on the microwave and it looked like something had been stuck in there and it had melted while they were gone on vacation. And just a lot of like weird stuff. And he said that this guy was obviously, you know, he, he barely knew this guy. This guy was a half uh, sibling. And I guess his uh, yeah. mother or whatever had remarried and had, you know, kids or with, you know, and she, that was her son from another marriage. And, that son felt uh, jilted, you know, I guess, or whatever. And so he, they believe that the haunting that that was going on, I'm tr- I was trying to get them to come on the show, but he's like, nah, and it, there was stuff that he wanted to, that he couldn't, or that he didn't want to talk about because it was family stuff, you know. And But, uh, you know, he got in touch with his half-sister who said, yeah, Ford was a very, very evil and bad guy and wow. uh, was not a nice person. And... So, um, well, my, my other half sister was nice to everybody and everybody loved her, but she was not nice to me and she was not nice to her own mother, my mother towards the end. She did really nasty things. So, well, you know, and I, and it's hard to explain why people do that. You know, that there are people, there are people that are like that too. You, you talk to one person and they're like, oh, they're a saint. Oh, they're the absolute salt of the earth. You talk to another person and they're like, no, they're evil. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, and I'll tell you, I'll give you an, a prime example of that. My my great uncle, okay, he was super nice to me uh, when I was growing up. Um, he was very, very ugly to his son and to my dad. My dad oh, wow. uh, would stay with him and he would basically – any little thing would set him off. He'd, he'd, you know, he'd whoop him, you know, for anything. And he, but he treated me and his grandson, uh, the the oldest grandson in particular, was his favorite. And, and, and he treated us great. Like I always, I loved going out and, and going out to the pasture with him and, you know, and he would be me, him, my grandpa. And he treated me almost like he was a second grandfather, but he was mean as a snake to my dad and to his own son. And nobody wow. can nobody can understand that, and that's weird because me and my dad are kind of the same way. Like my dad, not not nice to me. Has not, it's just we have an awful relationship. I mean, we're just not. You know, I don't hate him. I just I just can't I can't take him other than small doses. It's just I just can't deal with him. And um, my grandfather is known as being a very uh, kind guy. He, he used to get in a lot of fights and stuff like that. He was kind of wild, but. 
everybody always talked very highly of him. And for whatever reason, him and my, my dad just hated each other. But my grandfather was also very uh, mean to my dad. And, and I saw it at times. I saw him be belittling and just kind of uh, just really ugly, you know. And uh, I, he was always nice to me. No, I don't. I, I can't complain. Mm. He was never mean to me, but he was. He did. He had a problem with my dad, and now in turn, my dad has a problem with me. We have no similar interests at all. I mean, nothing. We are not. We are nothing alike at all. I mean, we look very similar, but other than that, you know, I know he's my dad, <laughs> but other than that, we don't. We don't jive at all, and I don't understand that. I don't yeah. know where that comes from. I don't know why family is the way that they are. I'm not here to to be a therapist and try to break it down or whatever, but. I do believe that when it comes to spirituality and the spirit world, um, it's hard to gauge, you know. I mean, there are people who say that a spirit is enlightened to a certain point when they pass over and they let go of some things and they change. And then other people say, nope, they're the same as they were when they were alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in your case, it sounds like she was uh, – not a good person. Well, I didn't I didn't know that my sister was jealous of me until the like the last decade of her life. And my mom came out and told me, she goes, Carla, your sister has been bad mouthing you the whole you know, for a long, long time and all you do is give love and you're there for everything and your sister can't she can't handle any of my accomplishments, uh just badmouth me to I guess anybody that would listen. She did it to our own mother and my mom had just had enough, you know, and she broke down and she was crying and telling me all this stuff. And then I looked back and went, Wow, a lot of stuff is starting to make sense, you know? And yeah, it was like a family war. But um I think we should talk about the reason why we're even on your show. Um, about my son's Bigfoot encounter recently. Oh, I thought we were here to talk about insurance premiums, but go ahead. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, okay. That's, uh, all right. So, but you, well, you're on your show to talk about y- your experiences just in general, uh, spiritual, right, Bigfoot, right. whatever. Oh, and, and there was a lot of other things that happened, but it's just too involved, you know? <laughs> But I hit some of the highlights. Yeah, nothing nothing too dramatic, anything terrifying? No, nothing terrifying. Okay, because we mm-hmm. definitely would like you to relive it for the audience if you're able to. <laughs> so so you or now let now let's get into your Bigfoot, like you just said. You're you're you, you had some you have some Bigfoot activity now. Do you want to start from the beginning and then just move forward from there? Yeah. Um well the very first thing that happened was my husband well I always watch all the Bigfoot shows and stuff and sometimes he hears them and he was out smoking a cigarette on the front porch and he came in and said you're not going to believe this but I think I just heard a Bigfoot call it sounds just like they sound on TV and I'm going wow that's that's awesome and then it happened one other time so it was two times he heard the calls and that was at least five years ago. And uh, then my younger son, who's living with us in Forks, Washington, 
where I live, I'm in Port Angeles, Washington, at the house that I own uh, with Taylor and Angie. And I love her so much. I hope she's my future daughter-in-law. And so with Araya, I just love my son's girlfriends. But my younger son, Duncan, and his girlfriend, Araya, and their son, Nija, has been living with us since March. And we're really close to uh, Quileute River. And they would take this trail down to the river, and they go fishing all the time. And not too long after they'd been starting to go down there fishing, Araya came back and said, I saw this weird, huge creature crossing from the other side of the river, just a little bit down from them. And she goes, it had glowing eyes, and it was enormous. And she says, it, it, I thought it was a walrus. And I said, well, <laughs> it's not a walrus. <laughs> I said, it's probably a Bigfoot, you know, because I know they're around our area. Because um, we've, I heard a scream as well, and my other daughter-in-law to be, I hope, <laughs> uh, her and I were sitting in the living room, and there was these military jets that would go over our house, and it was so, so loud. I mean, super loud. And during one of these times when it was going over, we heard this scream, and it was very loud. You could tell it was in the distance, but you could hear it over the jet. And if there had been a neighbor outside screaming like that, we wouldn't have heard it. But it lasted a long time, and you could just I just knew it was a Bigfoot screaming at the jet. She looks at me, and I look at her. We both said... Did you hear that? <laughs> so that was one of the early things that happened. And then when my my son, Duncan, and Araya started fishing at the river, they would take this trail. She talk, came back and told me about this creature with the glowing eyes. There was no light shining on this thing. It was glowing from within. So she got a Bigfoot problem down there. And then they were hearing boulders being thrown in the water. And they heard branches breaking as something was walking on the other side of the river. Um, and every time they'd come home, I'd say, anything happened tonight? <laughs> and more often than not, something happened. And let me see. I've got notes here. Uh let me see. I'm just going to go by memory. Um, then the, after her seeing that and hearing Boulder's Throne, we were talking about it. I said, Rhea, have have you ever found anything crossing your trail, in blocking your trail that you take down there? Her eyes got really big. And she goes, yes. There was three pieces of a tree that was blocking the trail. And this tree, I, I actually went down there in the daytime. I was nervous the whole time. <laughs> and this tree had been broken into three pieces. It was a healthy tree. It was not rotten. And it had been placed right in the trail lengthwise. And the other ones were kind of crossways. But it would have taken 
two or three people to actually lift that and pack it and put it in the trail. And so I said, wow, that is a definite Bigfoot sign. And he's trying to tell you something. They don't like you fishing down there. And then they were down there. and They hear these branches breaking and stuff. You know, every once in a while when they're down there. And one time she said, it didn't sound like branches breaking. It sounded like a tree broke. And when they went to leave the fishing site, their flashlight went out. So they you, they couldn't take the trail back home. They had no light. So they took the road, which isn't lit, but you can still see. So they were taking the road back home. And my son knows that area really well, but she'd never been on that road. And they come upon this great big huge thing that was just standing there while I'm standing. She thought, well, maybe it's a stump. Maybe it's a stump. But my son knew it wasn't a stump because he's familiar with the area. He says, let's go, let's go, let's go. And she's going, what's that? What's that? They come in the door and I could see on the their faces and I go, okay, what happened? And she told me what they saw and she said, it could be a stump, right? It could be a stump, right? So I got in my car, we got in my car and we drove over there and there was nothing there. I shone my headlights all over the area where it was seen and it was 15 feet from them. It was close. But it was not there when I went back with the car and the flashlights. There was nothing there. And so then the kids were given a big tent. And they put it up on the property where they fish at, their friends. They gave them this tent. Really nice. And I didn't want them camping out with my grandson. So I said, nope. He's staying with me tonight. He's sleeping in my bed. <laughs> and nothing, I haven't heard too much, you know, since they've been camping there. But I haven't seen them much either. But I am totally convinced that that was Bigfoot. And he's been trying to tell him to back off. And so that's why I reached out to Lisa and said, man, I'm scared. I'm really scared. They're camping out there all night. I need help. I don't know what to do. So that's how Lisa got a hold of you, Josh. And that's when we had this three hours and 39 minutes on the phone, three mm -hmm. of us, talking about all this stuff. And, yeah, uh Tell I'm so about scared. Angie. What? Tell him about Angie. Oh, my other future daughter-in-law, whose house I'm staying at right now. I'm not at home. This is in the house I own in Port Angeles, but I come in and stay with them at least once a month so I can go grocery shopping at Costco, you know. She was coming home from work. This was like five years ago. And she was walking down the road, coming home. I don't know for sure whether it was 
total daylight or what, but something big, really big, she said, was following her in the woods. Well, she got to the house, and she didn't say a word about it. I don't know why, but I said, why did you walk home? I would have come and picked you up. She said, well, the lady at the store was kind of nasty, and I didn't want to ask her again. This was right before she got her $1,000 phone. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so she was, I said, you know, Sasquatch is out there in those woods. He can get you. I was kind of joking, you know. Wasn't very serious about it. Just said it out of blue. And because we'd heard noises before and stuff, um, her eyes got huge when I said that. Her eyes were like saucers. And I said, what? What? And she said, yeah, something huge was following her the last block or two. There's not blocks, but that's just a measurement I'll use. And it would speed up. When she sped up, it would slow down. When she slowed down, she crossed the road and just ran until the turnoff that goes down to our house. And, yeah, she's here somewhere. She could verify all this. My other son is here. He could verify that about the ghost stuff and the fact that he saw these logs in the trail um, after my other son was fishing and stuff was happening. He goes, yeah, I saw that, those logs, especially the one big one laying right in the trail. And he goes, I really wondered how that got there. <laughs> I was going to have him verify it, but I guess it's no big deal. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess I mean, if you can't have them come on and verify it, it didn't happen. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it folks. Uh, hmm. This has all just been a big bunch of crap. She can't get anybody to verify this stuff. So, <laughs> wasting your time, I'm folks. Call him Sorry. In here if you... <laughs> Great. I'm going to get him in here. <laughs> but uh, uh, no. So, well, we'll ask Lisa. Lisa, is your is your sister prone to making up stories about Bigfoot? No. No. Okay. Well, then there you go. Not at all. I believe you. <laughs> and that's all. About I, you know, I, I told you about some family problems we were having with my other sister. Um, my husband actually wrote a letter to someone in my family saying that I do not lie and that I can't stand being lied to or about. Yeah, it's like a two-page letter saying that, yeah, my wife has never lied to me. I've never caught her even a little white lie. So there you go. (laughs) Well, that we don't have that letter though to verify these things either. So yeah, hmm. and I I can't say for sure that I've never told him a white lie. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna <laughs> to be, be tough. Like, like, you, you forget something at the grocery store. Uh, you got salt, pepper. Where are the eggs? They. Uh, funny thing is, they they quit making them. They, they just were said out. that they, they don't they don't out. sell eggs anymore at the uh, you know supermarket. They just said, you know what, we're done with eggs. Um, <laughs> Apparently, a thousand people died of salmonella yesterday. It's a whole crazy thing. Anyway, what are we watching? You know, that's what I do to my wife. I just obfuscate, just obfuscate <laughs> everything. Just make her laugh. When I make her laugh, and then she'll leave me alone. She'll just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, she'll remember. <laughs> then you just pretend like you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, so th- these, the Sasquatch incidents, y- your, your son goes fishing, right? 
And, right. and he has the this encounter with he sees it, that, that this uh, creature. Mm-hmm. Him mm-hmm. and his girlfriend both. Yeah, and, fifteen feet from them. And then and then he said he's not going to stop going over there though. That's right. He's determined to go back and and he's going exactly. Mm. He does not care. He wants the damn fish. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't care what it takes to get it. He just, Bigfoot is not going to scare him off, but I'm the one that's scared. Uh, you know, I well, just am. That's your, that's your baby. And you're worried that Sasquatch is going to. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my grandson's down there a lot, but uh, they're not taking him at night anymore. Well, that's good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. At least you're not all this activity that. happens at night. You know, they're, we don't know what time of day the log was, the logs, but there was one big one. We don't know when that was placed there, but they saw it in the daylight. They're very nocturnal. Might, they're very nocturnal creatures. That's why. I mean, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I tell people all the time, they said, well, when's the best time to go? And, and I, I, I try not to tell people because I don't want them going out, you know. But if if you're going to have an encounter, you know, most of the time, it's going to be at night. I mean, these things yeah. are nocturnal. I mean, you know, there's a reason for that. There's less people out roaming around, making noise, doing all the things they do. And, you know, and of course, these things, they, they that I think they hunt at night. Mm-hmm. And but but I mean like oh one other thing I could tell you about it's uh, okay on the other side of the river while they were fishing all these elk just come bolting out of the other side where it's all forest they come bolting out and they're running for their lives they jump in the river they're swimming for their lives and they split up the herd one was a little further down river one was a group further upriver, and then they heard the baby calves being killed that was left behind. No. Almost, almost forgot to tell you that. Yeah, and, and they, and they you, you believe that they were, that that was Sasquatch? Oh, I definitely do, yeah. yeah. My son is kind of in denial, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it, he just doesn't want to think about it, but he knows. He saw it. <laughs> How can you deny that? It couldn't have been anything else. Okay, folks, so that's all the time we had for tonight. We're going to uh, be back next week, and we'll go with part two. Uh, we'll be talking to these sisters from Washington. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and uh, good night. <laughs>